is the conqueror. No, I'm Alexander. He's no Alexander. I'm the best ever. There's never been anybody as lucid. I'm Sonny Liston. I'm Jack Dempsey. There's no one like me. I'm from Nairclaw. There's no one that can match me. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. And I'm just ferocious. I want your heart. I want to eat your children. It was just banter. Stay off the weed! And England win on penalties! History in itself! You know, I think it's a great city. I think they got the best organization in the NBA. But they do have some big old wins. I'm here with the winner, Derek Lewis. Derek, why don't you take your pants off? Balls are fun. I understand. Come on, take it quickly, Reggie! Yes, good match. No money's in the fucking reserves. Listen, I ain't gonna forget about this by the time we get the boat Hello and welcome to episode 176 of the Spitballing Pod. I'm Luke Byron, today joined by Tom Kennett, Jack Harper and Alex Jones. Somewhat of a return to normality. I feel like normality is kind of the Skype podcast at the moment. So halfway back to normality. There's no UFC card this weekend, so uh, Alex and Jack are back with hopefully a lot to say. Well, we've been censored for the past three weeks. So I've been censored. Censored I mean, to the side, that's what it is. When there's only one sport on, Alex, it's probably yeah. a good idea for us to cover the one sport. Yeah. To be fair, it was good to have a new UFC on. Because like, someone that, obviously I'm quite an armchair fan when it comes to like, UFC, but to watch an entire card and just watch the fights intently because there's nothing else on and really just study it just kind of adds to the spectacle because I'm that typical person that will usually just watch the main event or like the main fight. The McGregor fight. Yeah, pretty much. I am <laughs> that kind of person. Whereas watching the, all of the fights on Saturday night was brilliant. If you'd been in the Saturday before, that was when they were all savage, but the card, to be fair, the card last Saturday was pretty good as well. Yeah, I'll have to rewatch all of those then. Yeah, yeah I've got Get some news of the week for us, but first of all, Alex, have you done anything interesting in two weeks? When you've always had a lot of time to do whatever you want? Um, I've been at work as normal through this entire process. But I, I saw you a... conquered the route in which uh, uh, yeah, you yeah, lost yeah. half your out... arm last time. Yeah, no, I went out went out on the new race rig and uh, and uh, finished the route that I um that I crashed on. Got out of the system, got a just got it done with it wasn't Did you have some PTSD. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I got to the top and was like starting to twitch. Now, I, don't get me wrong, I was like, I, I was holding the handlebars quite tight and took it plenty <laughs> of caution down that descent. But uh, it wasn't too bad, to be honest. Um, it kind of just like, I didn't want to leave it any longer um, and let it become a thing. Uh, but yeah, it was all right. It just been, been quite easy to get past so far. So yeah, nothing really much Lovely. to say. If anyone can hear any screaming kids, we've asked Jack to um, shut his attic. But he's <laughs> get... so far refusing. Yeah, it's around dinner time. They're getting hungry. <laughs> news of the week, then. If I get straight into it, I've tried to avoid most of the corona news, but some of it was too good not to share. But <laughs> if we start off, um, 
man has iron rod removed after it penetrated through his head. I feel like to make a conscious decision to remove the rod, even though it's in his head, is quite impressive. I'd want death at that point. I can't <laughs> be the only one who thinks I'd just kill me. Yeah. The way our usual headlines go, I was actually relieved for him that it was his head. Because that's not usually how these end. <laughs> I was thinking rocks. it was going to a different orifice, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't flinch at that. I didn't flinch at the head, but I know. Yeah. That. If you'd said through his like toenail or something, we probably would have got more of a reaction on here. Yeah, that's just how things work. Man stabbed with homemade throwing star during downtown Pensacola fight. That's brilliant. That's, that's so you start a fight with a guy who has a homemade throwing star is a good motto yeah. to look like. I feel like a guy who's carrying around homemade throwing stars is kind of spoiling for a fight, though. He's going, to, he's going looking for it. He's not carrying that around for no reason. How have they made it sound like a cuddly, like, home, <laughs> like a baked good? Yeah. Like, cook it ourselves. <laughs> so you come back here. My nunchucks will be out next time. <laughs> the star was actually made out of gingerbread. <laughs> uh, mother sends son to buy groceries and he returns with a wife <laughs> how long was he gone <laughs> he can't go past the headline yeah. I'm going to feel like such a failure next time I go to Aldi yeah. <laughs> not married oh, okay maybe next time is a wife an essential item really <laughs> <laughs> A diabolical stench. Floods of complaints before pig semen smugglers are jailed. What? Smug- Who's what? smuggling that? Yeah, what a contraband to be caught smuggling. <laughs> what, are you, what are you in for, mate? Smuggling pig spunk. Hey, like maybe the maybe people on Hell's the- Kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, Alex. Maybe they know something that we don't, you know? You never know. Maybe that's where the trade is. Maybe they're trying to make man bear pig. I was going to say when they do the uh, pallet test on Hell's Kitchen if someone just <laughs> sniffed that out I'm sure I know what that is we've got some pig semen smugglers <laughs> saber toothed anchovies roamed the oceans 45 million years ago see I always get confused between anchovies and artichokes saber toothed artichoke artichoke is terrifying isn't it? <laughs> and one's a vegetable and one's a fish yeah, <laughs> and like do you know that oh my I, god I, basically we're becoming like experts in absolutely nothing because obviously the amount of work zoom pub quizzes that we'll do it I imagine yeah. one, I don't think this is I, like expert knowledge no, this but, is like but now the difference between a dog and a door yeah but now that I know that all artichokes 99.9% of the world's supply of artichokes have grown in California <laughs> and I, I didn't to them, ever have saber tooth teeth. <laughs> yeah, so but basically that links to it because that's where I realised that anchovies and artichokes are different. Incredible. <laughs> it's not the worst thing with teeth we've discussed in this podcast either. That is very <laughs> true. Prisoners in LA jail attempt to get COVID nineteen for early release. I don't understand this. First of all, how do you attempt? to get it <laughs> secondly isn't isn't this what? what you have the like isolation cells in prisons for that they have in like every every prison program where you I get imagine, sent to the I isolation imagine, chamber yeah i kind of imagine that there's like not enough to 
house the entire population of an American prison. But can you imagine, like, America seems like the place where they would just let them die. Like, it seems like that kind of... Instead, they would, they, if you're famous, then all the lawyers are using it as an excuse. That's how um, Takashi 69 got out early. Exactly. Yeah, he was due, he was going to be out in like a couple of days anyway, but they let him out a couple of days early because of uh, Corona. Fucking hell. Okay. I can't believe he got, that he's... What, like 300 million streams in eight hours or something like that. I can't, I, I cannot believe that he's out of prison. Legend. He's, he's like Fucking doing some really up. bad stuff. Can you have sex with like a very underage girl? No, but I almost don't want to say the story in case it sounds like I'm defending it. So, come on, say, say the story then. It was one of them where, like, he was younger. <laughs> so come in, on. Like, yeah, I think he was like 15, and there was another person underage at whatever party he was at, and he filmed it or something. He filmed his friend doing something. Right. And then you all get indicted with that. And, uh, but still, not a great thing to have on your record, but. No, it's, it's, it's kind of like the stuff that went around at secondary school with obviously certain people allegedly when, um, was it? They went out with like a 14 year old and they were like 15, but then they turned 16 and then everyone made up and they got put on the register. But I think, yeah, <laughs> something like that. How did that end, Alex? <laughs> 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 Uh, what have we got I'll, next? Protect, uh, I'll, I'll protect the real man. I'll, re- I'll protect uh, who it really was. <laughs> <laughs> Escaped tiger caught with a lasso on the streets of Guadalajara. There'd be worse things story. on the streets of Guadalajara. Catching a tiger with a lasso is sensational. <laughs> so even being able to do a lasso is quite cool in itself if you're not like Indiana Jones. You feel mm. like a big man doing that. That's like and it's also an entirely point. different thing once you've got the lasso around a tiger. That's yeah, not yeah. Done but... simple afterwards. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say, like, he lassoed it. Did he survive after that? <laughs> just like... He didn't think that far ahead. Oh fuck! What do I do now? There is video of this as well. I mean, if there was one thing, I wouldn't want to be able to pull a tiger closer to me. I'd want <laughs> to be able to get it further away. You're socially distanced from that fucking tiger. Yeah, at all times. <laughs> That's why you um, need to be king. Exactly. <laughs> He's locked up with Corona. <laughs> That's the only one of the other ones on there. <laughs> um, Hong Kong shop offers tear gas flavoured ice cream. <laughs> wow. That's brilliant. Um, the world's last blockbuster remains open, but this pandemic could be the final nail in the coffin. Oh, that's a tragedy. How is it still going? Is it just like that Japanese guy who's still fighting World War Two like 30 years later? Yeah. They just, they just not, <laughs> not found that. There was the South Park episode where Randy bought a Blockbusters because he thought it was a great investment. And it was a parody of The Shining. <laughs> it's like, um, it, it, the last one's like in the States, isn't it, I think? Or is, it sounds maybe, about right. Yeah. Here you go, TK. You can still get a job there. I'd be the last nail in the coffin, though. <laughs> <laughs> Local man jailed for trying to light child on fire and burn the demon out of him. <laughs> That's just responsible parenting. You don't want a demon running around. 
it's it nothing like it doesn't say it was one of his parents which is maybe stranger <laughs> yeah uh man who accidentally dropped his smartphone in a river finds it eight months later oh wow well, I mean... good luck or not <laughs> <laughs> is it like jumanji where it just keeps coming back you know <laughs> just gotta finish the finish level on candy crush um <laughs> Man spotted with a shed on his head in Bristol. <laughs> you surely did not look at the explanation for this. <laughs> no, I did look at a picture of this. You it's a man to. walking around with a mini shed as a mask. <laughs> Apparently he's notorious around those parts. Fair the, enough. Yeah, the shed head man. <laughs> <laughs> not even a pandemic can stop the sperminator from spreading his seed. <laughs> Who's given him the name Sperminator? <laughs> himself, for sure. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> um, man wears watermelon on his head as a mask while robbing a gas station. Gets caught. It was Shedhead. He was a great, <laughs> in a great disguise. Throwing <laughs> <laughs> them off the scent. They know I've always got a shed on my head, so they'll never think I it was me. <laughs> I need to um, alter my list for. Uh, I need to alter my list that we've got for later on for the bank robbery because I've <laughs> some better options. <laughs> and finally, armed police were called after a man dressed as a medieval knight with a three-foot sword was spotted out for his daily exercise. Just training, just in case. What's the problem? Gotta respect it. <laughs> I can imagine this bloke was very confused when the police turned up. <laughs> he doesn't understand why people would be concerned. <laughs> the game's gone. How do you tackle a guy in a full suit of armor? Let's be honest. I mean, they can't tase him. Tackling him is probably risky. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> so, he's going to have a Probably just shoot him. Yeah. If you, <laughs> if you tased him and it's like a full metal suit of armor, wouldn't it just electrocute your entire body? No. It just wouldn't stop. It'd just be there for a yeah. good, like five minutes. Before <laughs> it's bouncing off. <laughs> Get that kid from the hangover to tase him. A little fat one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if things so, carry on like they are, jousting could be a legitimate thing we have to tune in and watch. I would do it. That would be So great. maybe he's ahead of the curve. You would be socially distanced as well. Exactly. <laughs> You're well away from them. Yeah. Alex has referenced it there. So um, the starting point we've got here. So, I mean, there is some sport on, but maybe not enough to fill a whole podcast. So I've given them a bit of homework here. So... The challenge was you can take any five film characters to rob a bank. They can't have any supernatural powers or possessions, so you can't have Maya McFly and his DeLorean. You can't have the guy from Jumper to be able to switch through or whatever. Um, they can't have appeared in the same film or be played by the same actor. Who are you taking? Who wants to start us off? Give me your five-man crew. I feel like I want to go first because... With explanations. Yeah, so I kind of want to go first because just in case anyone has mine, so I don't get mine ruined. Uh, so sorry if I'm <laughs> going to ruin anyone else's, but I've got to jump again on this one. Um, so my first one, my kind of star man is probably going to have to be Bruce Wayne. And I know that we said no supernatural, but technically his superpower is just being a fucking billionaire and he's just, he'll be able to bankroll the whole operation. You've ruined it already. Why is that? That's a superpower. That's not. He's a superhero. Yeah, but, he doesn't have a superpower. Does yeah, he? but his superpower is just the fact that he's rich. He's just a smart guy well, with money. You know, you know, you know, they're trying to rob a bank. Yeah, why and does yeah, he need and, to do this? And that takes and that <laughs> takes money. I don't. Hey, 
Motive. You don't have Hawkeye, do you, Alex? I don't, I'm not going to have to say the same to you. Oh, uh, I, I haven't I haven't gone down the lines that Jack has gone down. So, anyway, Bruce Wayne, he's got all the gadgets, he knows how to invent things, he's got a great mind, and he's a good getaway driver as well. So, I can't believe it's John Wayne at being... first and thought he had yeah. a cowboy. Yeah. I'm glad I wasn't the only one. I was thinking, John Wayne, we've gone way back here. What a strange pick. <laughs> I was thinking, what, what superpowers he had? Is Jack actually bringing him back from the dead? <laughs> so, my next one is going to be James Bond. Again, no superpowers, but it's more for his knack of he just always gets the job done. Like, no matter what he's faced with, he'll always seem to find a way to complete his task. Which Bond do you have seen a way to visualise it? I'm going for Daniel Craig just because he seems like the most rough and ready James Bonds that right, I've seen. True. You don't need a suave Connery figure or <laughs> like a... Chatting up birds when he's supposed to be like, robbing the place. Yeah, or like a Piers Brosnan pansy James Bonds. You want a <laughs> proper rough, ready, rugged, can kill people if you need him to, that kind of thing, got a skill set, etc. Um, and then I've gone for Danny Ocean because why wouldn't you? He's got the absolute experience of being able to put three heists together already you know he's a master thief he can give people tips on where to go if they're going the wrong way bit of a coach mentality as well <laughs> um so then i've gone for lyle from the italian job remake he was played by seth green because you need a computer guy you always always need a computer guy can't just go for brute force and really i think he's probably one of the better computer guys because he can just do whatever he wanted and he allegedly created napster um, which yep. is uh, debatable, but if he's got the brains to do that, then fair enough, although Napster's not that great at the moment anyway. And then my last one is Eddie Moore from Limitless, played by, um, oh, God, I've had a Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper. That's it, yeah. So, um, again, his little pills, he'll be able to map everything out. He's no pills, no pills. You absolutely... <laughs> this is like in the in-betweeners where... They say to Neil, because he doesn't just say that his car doesn't work, and they said that he has to li- nail out every single possibility to say. I didn't realise I had to say, you can't have Batman that fast as a superpower. And you're <laughs> taking some magical power, pill that can <laughs> open up all of his brain. But, but that's not a magical pill, it's science. That's not supernatural, that's just science, it could happen. But that pill doesn't exist, though. <laughs> How do you know? It'd be the billionaires that have it, so that's why we need Bruce Wayne, because he's got the connections. You've lost your heads. <laughs> we're not, we're not, go- we're not going to know if there's a pill that opens up your entire brain. Oh, but no, the you've got here, you've got four leading guys. They're not going to work together. And you've not, got, many uh, you've not got enough grit in there either. Batman and James Bond have not got enough grit. Are you kidding me? Yeah, but they're, they're doing it for good. How do you know? If you don't know their motives, it could go bad. Have you ever seen him do it on a cold rainy night in Stoke as well? A cold rainy yeah, night at a, a exactly. bank in Stoke. Maybe it's maybe it's a bad guy's bank that they need to rob because there's Look, evidence in it. You don't know. I'll show you how this is done now. I like the Seth Green shout though. I will give props there. You do need a tech guy, and I actually haven't got a tech guy. So yeah, I actually shout because I, I actually had Ethan Hunt in there from Mission Impossible. I thought James Bond, Mission Impossible. I just can't you really would have too many leading men. Exactly. So I put have a Seth Green figure in there. So yeah, I, I, I kind of get on board the limitless one, but I I can't agree with that. But Bruce Wayne just having two dead parents, that's not a superpower. Come on, give him a break. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> First it's of like, all... It, it's like if Jeff, Be- Jeff Bezos had a kid and died. Like, what's that kid going to do with all that money? 
become Batman, probably. That's what I would do. It'd be Dan's a Pilsarian. That's what it'll be. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just a far bigger yeah. version. Yeah. First man up here, Dominic Toretto. He's got bank, he's, he's got host experience. He's basically a super. He's basically invulnerable. Everybody Dominic knows Dominic Toretto. This. He's basically invulnerable. He's a superhero. No, Alex. <laughs> I would have saved Paul Walker. <laughs> Great driver. Can band off on his own if need be. Remember in, I think it's Fast Five, when uh, Letty's lost her memory and he tells her to go and take some time and they'll find their way back together. So we can make the hard call. Next up, <laughs> not going to go for all leading men like Jack did. James Coughlin from The Town. Jeremy Renner's character. <laughs> this guy... He's going to take one for the team if needs be. He's going to shoot the security guard that needs to be shot if needs be and argue, look, he went for his gun. I had no choice. He's going to give you that rough and rugged thing that you need to go alongside Dominic Toretto. And he can follow orders. So you need that. And he's not the one making the plan. So he's going to follow the plan. Next up, Jack mentioned him, Ethan Hunt. A little unsure about this one because I do feel that he may be a bit too goody two-shoes, but if it comes to a battle between him and James Bond, Ethan Hunt beats James Bond, so there's that. What? So if me and Jack are going for the same bank... That's debatable. ...comfortably, I'm going to walk away with the cash. Got the contacts needed. Next up, Die Hard 3. No, we're not going John McClane. Simon Gruber is going to be <laughs> in my house team. <laughs> he had a great plan put together he had the boat that everything was going to be loaded on he had a good crew that were going to follow him he was able to work in a team to get his bird alongside and he was able to manipulate people into all the right places so we're going to count that one as Simon Gruber being a good guy there he just needed a couple of people alongside to get things over the edge which he's got with Dom Toretta James Coughlin Ethan Hunt finally tech guy Jack mentioned it we're going to go with someone who's never failed at anything. Ferris Bueller is my tech guy. <laughs> Ferris Bueller's day off. Look at what he does with the tech. Says he, he asked for a car and he got a computer. He's able to hack the computer system, change his sick days, change all those things. He's going to manipulate his voice to all sorts of things like that. And they always say he never fails at anything he does. He's able to go from, what, New York to Boston, back through to a baseball game in about three hours. He can do what he needs to do. He's my tech guy. If you saw what he did with computers back then, imagine what he can do now. There's a five-man crew that is never going to be stopped. Mm. Who's next? I'll go next. I'll go next. All right. I'm expecting some big things here. Yeah. You won't be disappointed. I feel like the two so far haven't really clearly labelled out, you know, the main components of a, uh, of a, of a, a group of thieves that you need. Um, so out of respect, obviously Jack asked in the group chat about whether TV series characters were going to be allowed. So I did have Thomas Shelby, but I'll replace him with an equally just as cool and just as good Frank Lucas from American Gangster. So, in your okay. crew, you're gonna yeah. need you're gonna need a guy who's in the criminal underworld that can provide some decent get get you get you the resources you need the resources that are going to be illegal to acquire. He's going to be able to get you inside info on all the 
or the dirties or the ins and outs. He's going to be able to get your, your inside men. He's going to be able to go to places that you don't really want to go in terms of do the things that you're not, other people aren't willing to do. He, and, you know, he's probably, he's got the dough. He's going to be able to bankroll the operation as well. Um, so you've got Frank Lucas in there. Then the master, the, the, the alpha male or the, the leader of the group. Uh, the master criminal, you're going to get Rusty Ryan in from Oceans. Not, not, not Danny. I, I always thought Rusty, Rusty was the man with the plan, really. You know, he didn't get, didn't get the, as much as the, he, he's, he wasn't, you know, the striker. He was the, he was the creative, uh, the creative midfielder, really, that, you know, get, got the ball to Danny. Um, then he got. He it, turned on my toes here, lads, I won't lie. That was <laughs> right. You should have got him first. Yeah, <laughs> I, I did think as well. I did think about Ethan Hunt, but don't agree with his religious views. So uh, I'm gonna. Go... <laughs> <laughs> so that's, uh, that's uh, religious and, discrimination, though. And to be honest, so far, I mean, let's be honest, a woman's touch isn't always a bad thing. So I've gone with some of the same film series. I've gone with E. E. Faust, the female. She can be, she can be a grease, she, she could be a grease woman in this crease, in this, in this case, not your grease man. Yeah. You need somebody who's going to be able to get pretty, you know, acrobatic, get into places where others can't, you know, all that sort of thing. And, you know, a woman's touch, you know, let's be honest. If there's a male presence in the bank that you're robbing, she's pretty enough that she can, uh, draw some eyes, draw some attention. And, you know, who's to, let's be honest, you know, People suspect, you know, a pretty woman into a bank is less suspicious than, you know, a group of guys. That is uh, true. You do see a lot of heist films with that yeah, kind of yeah. distraction woman. So you've made somebody, a great point there. Somebody, somebody to draw the eye, somebody to draw the attention. And she, you know, and she is a, she is a grease, a grease man or woman in this case, <laughs> you know, can, you know, get down. You're those, saying grease woman a lot. I feel like this is something <laughs> that you've thought about. Like he's talking about a woman's touch. He's making it seedy. I don't a know how greasy he's woman's touch. Hmm. He also, you better hope things don't go wrong because your main man's a snitch. Frank Lucas is a snitch. Oh yeah. Yeah, but you know, it, he's not a snitch. He's, he's he, a snitch. He, he played the game. He played the game. Anyway, he was sentenced to seventy years in prison. It was taken down to five because he was a snitch. Sounds yeah. like we're talking about Takashi Six Nine again. <laughs> Anyway, moving on. So, uh, we, you have got, you've mentioned the tech guys. So I've gone, I've gone with, uh, Q from, um, uh, the James Bond series. Um, I'll go with the brand new, the, the most recent Q, um, cause that seems the most, uh, le- he seems the least, least superhero-y sort of, uh, in terms of the gadgets he can provide. You know, young, super tech guy can give you everything he needs, hack into anything he wants. Um, and then finally, Getaway driver, baby from Baby Driver, nothing cooler, really. You know, Vin See, Diesel. Uh, bit, what about bit, Don Toretto? Dominic Toretto, a hey, all, all, all the best to him. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> when it comes to getaway drivers, driving. You're saying he's not cooler you know, than Baby from Baby Driver? Yeah, but he, it's a bit. He's a bit overdone now. He's he's become a bit of a superhero. So I wanted something a bit more tasteful, a bit more a bit more niche, you know. Tasteful. Uh, you've been talking about a woman's touch for the last ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, Baby from Baby Driver and the film Baby. The the film Baby Driver was you know far better than any of the Fast and Furious films. And besides, wow. you, Finn, you've I had thought... 
you had Vin Diesel. I needed something different, and I'm glad I went with Baby. I didn't think anybody else would go for him. So, yeah, Baby is my option for the getaway driver. So, and yeah, I did mention Thomas Shelby was my original choice in, instead of Frank Lucas. For Awful the, series. But, uh, we'll ignore that silly statement. But yeah, that, that's my, that's my. <laughs> TK, what have you got left then? Right, yeah. So I did, <laughs> I did have um, Vin Diesel as my getaway driver. But if, if we're going to sub someone in, have you guys ever seen the film Drive? Yes. Yeah. But the bloke is literally a getaway driver, so it does seem like it'd be appropriate. I then got it's Ryan Gosling. <laughs> yeah, it's, as well, isn't his so name Driver? His name is Driver. Yeah, and he barely talks. What a great so I guess that would have something name for a getaway thing. driver. <laughs> well, no, but that's the whole thing is that they don't give him a name. <laughs> So, but then that would be Brian Gosling as well. So I've got some good looks there. That helps. That scene in the lift was great. Yeah, agreed. Um, I also had Rusty from the Oceans films agree with Alex. Um, he literally puts the plans together on this and then, uh, Clooney just comes in and being like, oh yeah, look at me. I don't uh, agree with that though. Because like, like, well, the ha- first two, I'm de- he definitely does. No, because it was Danny's idea and he got the blueprints to the budget. Uh, hmm. Oh, oh, the, Rust, Rusty was the man who kept the team together. Oh, he he puts the meat on the boner, doesn't he? I'm a, I'm a rusty man. I did have him down. I had to pick him. <laughs> I'm a rusty man. <laughs> but, <laughs> he usually won't admit to that either, TK. Yeah. But, hey, look. When it comes down to it, Rusty, Rusty is bros before hoes. No, I'll tell Dan, you what it is. Dan Ocean's got Danny, the contacts. Yeah, no, no, no. Ocean puts something in the group saying... Rather than a night out Saturday, and then he leaves it. And Brad Pitt's <laughs> got to come in and fill in the blanks to actually arrange it. Okay, yeah. he's uh, he has suggested it. It's a great idea, but he's put no actual thought into but this. Again, he's I don't, like, over I don't to agree you, with that because he formed the actual team. He formed the team to be able to do this robbery. Like, I've actually never knew... seen the Oceans films. You've Jeez. never seen the Oceans films? Whoa. I thought I could sneak that's, that in. That's wow. a surprising revelation. That is. I'd have thought it'd been right up your street. Maybe for the next movie madness, we might do host movies, so that could come in then. Just a little anyway. plug: movie madness out every Friday. <laughs> right. Um, I too had a female influence in there. I'll make it less creepy than AJ did. <laughs> um, I've gone with Uma Thurman. Remind as the bride in Kill Bill. Yeah. Because she has got a bit of a weird, sexy thing for some people, but she is literally <laughs> a killer. So if it ever does kick off, she's the most badass female character. Um, I thought I needed a bit of muscle, but I didn't want someone to take himself too seriously. So um, I've gone with Channing Tatum in 21 Jump Street. <laughs> I need someone who's a bit thick. Yeah. I'm just going to get it done. And uh, as my final one, I've got Vince Vaughn from The Wedding Crashes because I need someone to crack some jokes <laughs> during the whole thing. So we need Keep someone making wise cracks. And he does spend the film literally pretending to be someone else so if you need someone to sort of be the face he can do it I, I like what, it. one thing I don't get TK is you said you needed a bit of muscle in there and you've gone with Channing Tatum as your muscle when you already had Uma Thurman the bride from Kill Bill in there which is more than enough muscle than I meant literally I meant a bit of brawn if we're taking a like a intimidation a load of cash then we need you know big man getting it over a couple of sacks over his shoulder if you will Uma Thurman from Kill Bill is more muscle and more macho than Channing Tatum from 21 Jump Street. I, just need the, I mean, physical presence, you know, a big man up top, that's all. 
<laughs> she definitely is more modern. She literally unburied herself. She is pretty incredibly strong. If Mark Wahlberg and The Rock had a fight, who do you think would win? Wahlberg. Yeah, I, I, I he's got that Boston grit. I'm going with the <laughs> uh, the dog in the with the fighting the dog rather than the dog in the fight. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, I'd go. I'd go with Wahlberg as well. He's going to take that fight to somewhere that the uh, the Rock isn't where prepared to go. <laughs> yeah, he's willing to go places. You are a Rock hater, though, Alex. No, I'm not. Yep. When have yep. I ever said that? You didn't have to say it. Your eyes told us all we needed to know. That, he is what he is. He, he is what he is. I, I've liked him. I, I liked him. If he is what he is, then why do you slate the Fast and Furious films? Because they are what they are. Uh, no, hold on a second. I, I didn't slate them. I said that Baby Driver was better, and I preferred it than the Fast and Furious films. I like the Fast and Furious films. I think they're good. Sounding more and more like Donald Trump the more I talk. Mm-hmm. The Kardashians are what they are, so Alex won't slate them. I liked, we I liked, um, we'll carry on. One of my favourite films from, I think it was last year or the year before that, was Hobbs and Shaw, which was a, obviously a spin-off from the Fast and Furious series, but that's as most as, like, Fast and Furious superhero as you get, and it was enjoyable, you know, it's, it's, it's what you come to expect. I wonder if Alex had turned down a greasy woman's touch from a Kardashian. <laughs> <laughs> if they had abs, then absolutely not. All I say is, you know, only me and TK had a lady in the team. That's, that's quite a, quite a statement, that, I think. Yeah. Me and Jack don't mix business with pleasure. <laughs> uh, you really are a pig, aren't you? <laughs> I suppose if you had a woman in the team, you could pay the less. <laughs> Hopefully that didn't make the cut and uh, was maybe a bit too quiet. <laughs> just a question that's just coming in my head. Uh, training day or gladiator? Gladiator. Training day. Yeah, but did you cry at the end of Glad? Uh, did you cry, cry at the end of Training Day? Which one are you taking, Alex? Go on. Well, well, Gladiator or Training Day? No, I said Gladiator straight away. He's a sucker for a sword and shield, Alex is. I am. He is. I'm not sure, so I'll say out of this one. Wow. Maybe it'll come to season two of uh, Movie Madness out every Friday. <laughs> As nice little segue. Then. So, there was a Twitter thread that went viral this week, well, this weekend, with uh, Erling Haaland and his reaction to uh, post-match interviews. Some saying he was incredibly disrespectful, others saying he was a robot that needed to be reprogrammed. Hmm. First of all, anyone have any issue with his interview technique? No, that's insane, really. I mean, he does his talking on the pitch. He's just an absolute goal machine. So he, I'd be more comfortable if he wasn't such a weird-looking bloke. <laughs> yeah. There's I, something I put, real sinister about him, but if yeah, he was, put, forget about that, I quite like it. I put in one of my group chats that he looks like the type of kid who would play Warhammer at lunchtime. <laughs> like, he's just got that tall, freaky, nerd giant look about him. I I don't understand how any football media can be upset that the players don't have personalities when you see what happens when they do show a bit. If yeah, it was in basketball, yeah. then I would understand it a bit more. Because basketball, you can say just about anything in your press conference after, because it's literally a couple of people with dictaphones in a locker room, and everyone loves it. 
But in yeah. football, you can get what like a six-game ban for just saying that the other player wasn't very good. So it's not worth it in football. You can't oh, walk to apologise for uh, yeah. saying something about Liverpool, not for the uh, the sex party. He very much <laughs> apologised for that. <laughs> See, I would love if they took reins off like football and just let them say what they wanted, like proper trash talk, like WWE style, calling people out. Yeah, yeah. Just add a bit of theatre to it because it's just every kid that comes through has been media trained and they all give the same answer so I liked when they interviewed kind of like a Frank Lampard after a game or a Stephen Gerrard where they'd say something that you know came from the heart and it wasn't just completely media trained drivel yeah they Chris Wilder <laughs> yeah he's good value not like Troy Deeney, where he now just says whatever people want to hear. Yeah, he's going that way, isn't he? I think he was on Sky this morning, but I've not watched it. What do you think of um, Graham Soonis actually saying if he were, if he found out he had corona, he would he wouldn't tell anyone so he could still get back on the pitch. I mean, I do feel like he attacks Pogba's character constantly, and that's pretty bad considering that you would just risk infecting people with it. However, that mentality of just wanting to get out there and play, it's hard, it's a toss-up, isn't it? Like, what what do you respect and what do you kind of take offence to? I can't respect the honesty, though, because I think he, I think he would. <laughs> yeah. I think, I, tell you, I think he would do that. So, Like, if there was someone that would, could try and tack, like slide tackle coronavirus, it'd be him. <laughs> I saw Aaron Rodgers earlier saying he feels like he's under house arrest. And I thought, please, just... Can all athletes stop giving their opinion on lockdown? Because it, it's, it's not going to go well. Gonna, it's not going to go well. Yeah, no, no positives. To you're ever going to say you're having a great time, people, and they go, "Oh, it's all right for you with all your money in your big house." Yeah. You say it's horrible, and you kind of come across as some kind of conspiracy theorist. Just don't say anything. Yeah. Oh, that's I think a good player. I think celebrities really kind of learn that lesson very quickly because at the start of it, they're all like, "We're all in this together," and Oh, Vanessa Hudgens. Yeah, posting videos, <laughs> and they just got backlash like well, never it's seen it's before. It's well, Vanessa Hudgens said people will die, and that's just what's going to happen, and then laughed. She was a savage. <laughs> it's, either, it's either one extreme or the other, though, isn't it? It's either people saying something that's immediately deemed as controversial, or it's everybody being overly politically correct um, and mm. just singing from him. She, like, you know, gone are the gone are the early stages where you had like Milner putting on just funny content of cutting his grass. Uh, with <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it's people like that, people like that that you know get it right. I think I, I'm sick of all these politically correct, um, politically correct people just posting stuff all the time. All this, you know, nicey nice stuff. It's just like, come on. I do think that Milner thing would be a lot funnier on day four than day forty, though. Yeah, for sure. There's a reason he stopped. Jamie Carragher setting like some ridiculous challenge every day. (laughs) What naming the best eleven South American players that went to your primary school? (laughs) (laughs) So the 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 question here then was the best pre post match event interviews or whatever that we've seen, or just some of your favourite ones that come to mind. Something like. uh, Jeff Shreves to Ivanovic before the Champions League final. <laughs> yeah, stolen my thunder. <laughs> you can break it down if you want. You probably do it more justice. 
Yeah, I mean, that one, the reason why I chose that one, because it was right after the, the game in the, the new Camp, where the best goal ever scored in the Champions League was scored. And um, he was literally absolutely buzzing. You can see on his face how happy he was when the effort that he's just exerted over 90 minutes. And then Jeff Shreves just literally drops the bombshell that you are suspended for the final. And it looked like someone had just shot his puppy. Well, he didn't he's, just drop it once. He had, like, a yeah. staggered attack. He came back. <laughs> it was the, the fact he reiterated it that yeah. made it so much better. Because, yeah, cause basically he said, really? Like, <laughs> actually questioning it. And he said, yes, I just have just had it confirmed that you are missing the final. <laughs> and it's, like, one of the saddest things I've ever seen. <laughs> the tone in which he says it as well, he seems quite chipper about telling him. Yeah, it's not like he's t- saying, like, I'm really sad to tell you. It's like, yeah, yeah, I've just had it confirmed, actually. <laughs> I think it's because he knew that he'd got, a, like, a scoop there. And that's why he went back for a second blow, because he <laughs> thought, like, he actually doesn't know. I can make the most of this. <laughs> I, um, or, or, uh, the one thing I remember about that is I remember a video coming out the next day, an edit from The Simpsons, where Lisa breaks Ralph's heart, and it's got Bart uh, <laughs> doing that thing on the TV, and he's like, look, Lisa... If you if you watch slowly, you can pinpoint the moment his heart breaks. <laughs> right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, classics. I had uh, Derek Lewis, who literally got a title shot for saying that his balls were hot. <laughs> <laughs> that is incredible work. Only to get wrestled for two rounds and stopped. Nate Diaz got a fight with Conor McGregor from an interview. He has saying that he'd taken like, everything he'd worked for when he'd not fought in what, two years. <laughs> literally, is every like penny he's earned from that point onwards, he can literally attribute to that. Yeah. I am. Um, uh, call, call, call me the uh, call me a little bit of a like a bit of a uh, sap for saying it, but um, when Spain won the World Cup and you got uh, Ika Casillas, you just like. Snog the face off, um, uh, off the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> off the live on camera. I didn't realize at the time that that was actually his missus, but you know, <laughs> to do that in front of the royal family as well. So, ah, um, <laughs> screw being politically correct. I'm just going to snog your face off on camera. Pretty sure that's no sexual harassment. Pretty sure that's sexual harassment. TK, stop interrupting Luke. What did you say? I said, I think lockdown's getting to you here. You've been a bit saucy today. I'm not, I'm not in lockdown, really. I'm, I'm, I said this already. I'm going to and work, to and from work as normal. Right, reporting, oh, so Luke. Reporting me. Lockdown doesn't, lockdown doesn't apply to Alex. That's what we've just said. Oh, well, it's a different scenario when you're providing, uh, vital work. So, uh. I'm still having to work as well, you snake. Yeah. And, and you so can is work TK. I can't. Look. I get it, you're important. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> He's not even doing important work. No, TK, don't put me in that camp. I'm not, I'm not standing outside taking a bow for an applause at Thursday. On I was going to say, he, he thinks the neighbours are applauding him at 8 o'clock every Thursday. <laughs> oh, this is too much. There's a clap for engineers. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favourite interviews when I was looking earlier was one from Paulie Malanagi, which I won't say very often these days, but it was um, after he'd fought Miguel Cotto, and he said uh, fighting Cotto in the garden is like fighting the devil in hell. <laughs> that is a good line, that. 
I um I always remember uh, when uh, Redknapp uh, is it da- David Bentley or Be- was it, no it was Bent is it Bentley it's Darren Bent wasn't it no, da- no it wasn't Darren Bent um we too well when he missed one no he threw after we qualified for the Champions League oh yeah David threw- Bentley pouring water over his head yeah 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 he pulled over but it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't the funny nature of that it was the nature of the look on Redknapp's face was like, okay, he couldn't eat, like, secretly, yeah. he, he, he wasn't going to oh, be playing. Oh, he was fuming, wasn't he? Yeah. So you could see how angry he was on there. You could and see he... him mentally putting him on the transfer list right <laughs> yeah. at that exact point. <laughs> yeah. I think one of my favourite ones is uh, involves Harry Redknapp as well, where he gets called a wheeler dealer by one of the reporters. <laughs> yeah. And like, he goes, oh, right, you're taking a piss, piss off. And then uh, he goes, oh, no, Harry, sorry, no. <laughs> it's, just, it's just like one of those, oh, sorry moments. It was brilliant. There's the sorry. Hodgson one, yeah. like, isn't there? Where he says to Hodgson, do you think they deserved, uh, you deserve to win the game or something? Or about what incident you're referring to when he complains about uh, a decision? And then he yeah. makes him stop the interview, start it again, and he says the exact same thing again. <laughs> yeah. And then storms out. He's like, are we going to be like that? You saw a different side of Roy that day. Yeah. I'm surprised we haven't mentioned uh, Mourinho yet, because there's just like interview after interview Catalog. with him. Yeah. yeah. I think the best one has to be when we beat Liverpool. And it's like the whole speech of they wanted us to be the clowns. Whereas he kind of says this is a circus and they want us to be the clowns. But we will not be the clowns. That that thing is cool, but is essentially him answering a quote he said at the start of the match. So he's answering his own he can that do yeah, comment it's, from like the Rogers had come out and said they were a circus. <laughs> Fair play. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, things worked out well for all of, all parties in the end. I think I think <laughs> Gus yeah, I think Gus hitting after that debacle at Stamford Bridge against Barcelona in the Champions League, where he comes out absolutely raging with all of the incidents written down on a notepad and just shaking his notepad at the camera saying, I've got them all written down. I'll go into his office in a minute. And you can just see that he's absolutely seething. If you want the scores evened, uh, Craig Bellamy rinsing John Terry for the world to see was... Maybe some of the best post-match interview stuff. Well, if, 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 but, you've never seen someone so honest about it. Yeah, I mean, there's that one as well where Robbie Savage has criticised John Terry. And no, 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 we're slating Chelsea right now, Jack. All right, yeah. all right, that's, that's it. No more. That <laughs> we got it. He said Savage can't compare to him. We know it's fine. <laughs> that was ridiculous as well because it essentially means that about. 10 people in the world at any given time uh, able to give you any kind of criticism rather than the hundreds of millions that watch the game. I think it speaks volumes for how both annoying Savage was and how shit a player he was. Terry would rather be criticised by people who've never kicked a ball professional in their life than him. <laughs> <Bobby> Savage. <laughs> um, he thinks they're oh, yeah. more deemed. <laughs> They've got more qualification than Robbie Savage. <laughs> Um, I so have, have you have any of you ever seen any of uh, Mark Cavendish's uh, infamous interviews? Yeah, I've seen some of those. Have you seen them? He's got a temper. He, yeah, he has got a temper. <laughs> yeah, he uh, and he's got no filter as well. But it's the one where he's uh, 
being interviewed with his team. Um, I can't remember exactly where it was, but uh, they were, uh, they're asking about um, uh, whether – one of the reporters asked him, so how would you – do you know if any of your teammates are uh, doping or did you know such and such was doping? And he just turned point blank to that guy who asked the question and said, well, how do you know I'm not fucking your wife? <laughs> it's just like saying, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and his teammates there just like sinks into his seat like, oh my God. <laughs> oh, my God. These cyclists, eh? They've yeah, got a temper. <laughs> well, let's be honest, when you get bags of piss thrown on you, you know, he's just like, oh. I think he, I think he's, uh, I think he's like after one of the stages where that happened, uh, I think he just went to the info and he said, oh, I'd like to find that French so-and-so. <laughs> I'd like to find that French twat and say, well done, good shot. But uh, <laughs> it does so, take yeah. some shot to get a moving cyclist. That's a good, <laughs> there is that. Yeah. Any other ones spring to mind before we continue? I've got a couple of the, some of the Tyson ones, not the, some of the more explicit ones, but the one we have in our intro here. About his yeah. defence being uh, impregnable. Wants to eat his children. <laughs> so what good. About, uh, what about? I suppose we haven't mentioned many more boxers, to be honest. Has Tyson Fury had any particularly good ones? Aside from breaking out into song at the end of the match, it do tend to end that way. The one um, talking about Tony Bellew and David Price. Yeah, That's, that big he's, uh, skip idiot and his gay lover. <laughs> Yeah, That's to be fair, we could have done this. Days. Yeah, yeah, we could have done this entirely on fight interviews. To be fair, my sleeper one was uh, Cormier and Brock. When he gets him in there, and he's like, "Push me now, get slept later." <laughs> like that doesn't get enough credit. He would have slept him as well. He definitely will. Well, even the the one that actually made me put this together, the Harlan's kind of clip was just uh, convenient was seeing the DC when he said, John, John, get your shit together, boy, I'm coming. And then stormed out the octagon. <laughs> Obviously, it's suppose... well, but was coming yeah, out the yeah. moment. I suppose you have to, um, you have to mention Conor McGregor, uh, predicting the Aldo fight, where he predicted, predicted exactly what would happen, but it was mind of the fact that that's exactly how it played out. I want to remember the first time I saw, I saw that pre-fight interview, um, played in sequence with um, him saying the words um, like I, I see him getting over aggressive, overreaching and me knocking him out in the first few seconds and then it's him just cycling off on a bike going na 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 <laughs> <Just sing along. laughs> hmm. uh, Alan Iverson talking about practice I think it was the anniversary of it recently that was one of the more famous interviews that was not even a pre or post event. It was just a press conference. I think the David Hay one where he launches a bottle or a chair or something. Is that it? Dylan White's, or do you know it's Chisora, wasn't it? Chisora, oh, yeah. Chisora, yeah. yeah. That, that's got to get like an honorable Through the mention. Table. That was it. People are blatantly faking us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was just saying was... different things he could have done if. And people didn't like they were too uh, happy to be involved. He, he glassed his aura and broke his yeah. uh, trainer's jaw. <laughs> if it was a publicity stunt, it went quite far. In fact, he nailed his own trainer with a tripod. You commit to the role. You commit to the role. And never come out of it. That's when McGregor got it wrong, like Rory, <laughs> like Rory said in our chat. 
Don't apologize. <laughs> don't be sending best wishes to Khabib's dad. Khabib's not going to thank you. <laughs> he thanked Tony. Yeah, he's, he's got it right. You've got to go full heel and hope he dies at that point. Publicly only. If we carry on, I think maybe we'll come back to this at another time and I'll uh, put some of them in the episode after. But prospects that fooled you here. So Harlan was obviously one of them. We saw him in the Champions League, looked a million dollars, and then he moved on to Dortmund and he has shown that he is what everyone expected him to be. Mm. But there's been some times where we've seen a player, they've maybe fooled you into thinking that they were going to be big star and it just hasn't quite gone that way so I don't know if there's any that come to mind for any of you where you've seen someone a couple of times and thought that they were the money and that wasn't the case uh, so I would go with um, uh, oh I've got his name now uh, uh, Tottenham boy uh, Walker-Peters uh, no. Sa- is it Sancho or Sanchez no uh, I mean Sanchez no uh Debuted against AC Milan, Champions League. Sandro? Sandro, that's it. Yeah, he went from there for a minute. That first game against AC Milan, I think that was the only decent game he had, really. Um, that's and a like, bit disrespectful. Well, <laughs> He's very it, it, disrespectful. Well, he had a, like one or two good games, but the way that it sort of like built up initially was like he was going to be... He's Brazilian, I've got that right, isn't it? Uh, he is Brazilian. Yeah. 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 He, he was going to be like some superstar starting for, uh, starting for Brazil. Um, like literally came out of nowhere. Cause literally I, like, does anybody remember before that AC Milan game? Does anybody like remember where we got him from? What any, any, like he literally just appeared out of nowhere. Um, but after that game against AC Milan, it was almost like he was going to possibly be. Uh, one of our main men moving forward, and but after that, I think he just became a bit of a a comedy man in the change room, just doing kung fu moves. Um, <laughs> all that sort of stuff. This is very disrespectful. I thought you were going to say that when you started off. That, that explains why he wears a gun shield, though. I put him in the <laughs> same. I get my head around that. I, I put him in the same category as Jack Wilshire. You know, like yeah, Jack Wilshire. <laughs> when you think about, it, he had one goal and one good game. <laughs> and, uh, and, then, uh, and then he just like kind of didn't really material. Well, his his main prime moments after that were the uh, drug accusations and stuff. But uh, wow, and, uh, singing on a bus. But um, but yeah, maybe if Spurs win something one day, then some of your players will <laughs> have to sing on a bus. <laughs> <laughs> Wilshire also had yeah, goals of the season in back to back seasons, so it wasn't just one goal, was it? I tried to soften him up. I tried to soften him up with taking a hit of one of the, the Spurs boys first, but, you know, he, he just... Like that. <laughs> yeah. um, Alex Awobi was a massive one for me because Bloody I thought time. we had gold there. He was class his first couple of games, made in my Facebook header, which was a big <laughs> thing, <laughs> doing his gun celebration, <laughs> and then slowly realised this is not the one. <laughs> to, a, to a lesser extent Fran Marida when he scored that belter against Liverpool he actually was in my list when are you going for a jog or eating your mic uh, who is that what if you were Jack <laughs> <laughs> I suppose you'd uh, I suppose you'd have got some skittles they're pouring out I would like some Skittles now you've said it. <laughs> Skittles or millions? I think million, the <laughs> bubblegum millions were class. Do they still do them? I swear I've seen them in ages. They were a thing. 
you can buy them on Amazon where you can where they'll <laughs> give you like a hundred packs for like nine pounds. Yeah. My best lockdown purchase so far was um twenty four Galaxy Caramels for a seven pound. That's not bad. <laughs> and some uh, pizza flavored Cheetos. What the hell? I've not eaten them yet though, but they do look nice. <laughs> Moving on then. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you look at like the Gail Cooters of the world, and I remember we bought Marco Marin like just after we won the Champions League, and he was dubbed the German Messi. I think he played like <laughs> two games. What about Marco Van Ginkel? Yeah, Marco Van Ginkel. He still hasn't really featured at all. He's been on loan places I mean that's the thing with Chelsea we've got so many loan players you could literally just do an entire podcast on his, his those contract players. is expiring in the first like January of every football manager game yeah seemingly you must get a new contract because <laughs> he's always still at Chelsea I, I don't know yeah it's one of those it's like Lucas Piazon where <laughs> he's just been at Chelsea's for like 10 years and Martin Bulker or something we had um he was at Chelsea for nine years and didn't play one game. <laughs> he was like a reserve goalkeeper that just went on loan. Uh, it's just mad. Got to get that homegrown quota. Yep. The funny thing is, we've got loads of players that we bought for that reason, like the Danny Drinkwaters, the 30-odd <laughs> mil, and now we've got plenty. It's just ridiculous. Bakayoko as well, he came in, looked like what we needed, like a midfield general, big presence scored a few goals, and then just turned to absolute shit. I've never seen... Morata, but he then looked good everywhere else, so I think Chelsea might be the common denominator. Yeah, I mean, you look at our strikers, we've had some of the best strikers in the world at the complete wrong points of, of having them, like Pato, Higuain, Falcao, all... Pato actually fits the category quite well. Yeah, mm. really well. Because... The world kind of honestly did think that he was like the guy. Yeah. Kind of and he just disappeared completely. Alex usually jumps in to defend him, but he's obviously shot his bolt for today. Who do I think he jumped in to defend him? Are you not even listening? I, <laughs> listening? I hope he shot his bolt because he's right round for the rest of this pod. It's kind of a greasy Paso. woman's touch. Must be struggling to carry those balls around when that's on that bike. <laughs> Falling <laughs> up on the uh, saddle. South <laughs> Park episode where he gives himself cancer by putting his balls in the microwave. <laughs> Get a little bit of cancer, Dan. <laughs> We're talking about Pato, Alex. Yeah, uh, he, he fits um, the category, doesn't he, Alex? I wouldn't say so because you. Uh, to be fair, the amount of Brazilian strikers or that have gone off the rails and then returned back to Brazil. Um, isn't exactly an uncommon thing. I mean, he did Who keeps add... rustling around here? Yeah, he's... someone's rustling. It's Jack. It's yeah, Jack. that one was me. I was feeling <laughs> last week and now this. <laughs> yeah, but my bad. Pato, Pato had, you know, he had a good stint at AC Milan. I mean, ultimately, he didn't turn into... Um, well, he didn't turn into, you know, the likes of, let's say, Shevchenko or... You were uh, saying someone that looked good to fool you and then didn't deliver so that is quite but literally I'm, what Pato I'm, did what I'm trying to say he delivered in Italy um, it, you know not as Come much on. like we, what he did he did 
I know, no, I know. Ash- like, Ashley Young's delivering it to me at the moment. Yeah, but the same, same measure. It's the same principle as Murata, but on a, like a lower scale. Like, don't get me wrong. I think Murata has had, did have a, a better run than Alexander Pato did. Um, and he's still got years ahead of him. But Alexander Pato still did a job over in Italy for a sustained period of time. Murata was never expected to take over the world as well. No. You're, you're saying words, but they're not meaning anything. <laughs> it sounds like you're sticking up for your boy. But I'm sticking up for my boy. I, yeah, I think he, he, was, he, was a, he, was a, he was a force to be reckoned with at AC Milan. And, you know, I, I don't see... I don't see... They, he made them a force to be reckoned with in the Champions League and the... Uh, and the Come on. Uh, yeah, he did. He did. A force to be reckoned with. Come yeah, on. It took a, it took a, it took a, it took a mighty team to bring him down. Just off the top, off the top of my head, how far did they get in the Champions League, and did they even win a Serie A and that sort? Of... Hey, <laughs> yeah, the team goes out of Tottenham. They, you know, it's not, it's not a, it's not a, you know, it's not, you know, to go. It's been embarrassing for him. The guy out of Tottenham is a respectable thing. When you go, when you line up against Crouch and Lennon. That's... <laughs> Come on. Who Whatever happened career, to my man, Stevan Jovetic? Rubinho. Yeah. My yeah, man, Stevan Jovetic. Both should have done better, though. Yeah. I'd just like to Both say... Both should have done more. Um, like, a prospect that never... Like, uh, don't get me wrong, he did, he did do a service over in the Premier League. Um, and... I've actually forgotten where he went. I think he went Roma after. No, actually, no, it's probably. You're going to have to give us a name. Edin Zeko, obviously, he was at City. If he had gone anywhere else where there wasn't as much competitiveness, do you think he, like, as a prospect, I reckon he would have been probably one of the best we've seen in the past, like, in a number of years? Is that a fair He was like 25 at City, wasn't he? Yeah, he wasn't young. That's why he went to Roma, I think. He got, he got bought in the January transfer window. In a he window would have been perfect for the... Chelsea. I was yeah, just about exactly. to say, it fits yeah. the mould of ageing yeah. strikers bought at the wrong yeah. point of their career. <laughs> imagine, if, imagine if he'd gone to, uh, like, imagine if he'd gone anywhere else in the Premier League but City in that, in that window. And the yeah. effect that he would have had. I reckon, it, I reckon it would have catapulted him in, in a completely different direction. And even though... Maybe. He, even though he did a service at City and Roma, he went on to do. I reckon, he, like, I think that's a testament to how good a player he actually was. Um, but we're not doubting his bit. Like club, he, he literally got... doesn't apply to the topic we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm kind of listening and thinking, what is the point that's being made here? <laughs> we're not going to talk about him amongst like some of the greats. We we we. we talk about him. <laughs> he started a round. I don't understand what you're saying. <laughs> Is <laughs> the argument? I don't understand. What I'm, trying to, what I'm trying to say is, as a prospect, as a prospect, he wasn't a prospect. prospect. <laughs> yeah, he was. Before he'd he already was 20, he was 25 at City. He was already proven. He'd already banged them in. At, was it Wolfsburg? Where was he at before? He was at Wolfsburg before. Yeah, he'd already been banging some goals in there, hadn't he? He was 20. He scored 66 in 111 games in four years. He was 25 at Wolfsburg. He left. Wolfsburg in 2011 when he joined How City. Old How old was he? was 25 when he joined City. He was 25 when he joined City. We just yeah. lost for the last 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, like right, somebody, somebody get me his age when he joined City, please. <laughs> he joined City at 25 and he left five years later. How old was he then? 
<laughs> Just in case AJ's not quite sure. <laughs> he scored 50 goals in 130 games. He, to be fair, when he joined Roma, Alex said he's got some potential, this lad. This <laughs> 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 <You're wrong. laughs> I think you misunderstood. I think you misunderstood what I was trying no, to say. I think you misunderstood the topic. <laughs> I, I understood what you were I, saying. I, I semi understood what you were after for a bit. And I, I, just completely, started I completely understood that you were making no sense. I didn't realise how old he was. I didn't realise how old he was when he left Wolfsburg. I thought he was like early twenties. I've heard about this lad that looks pretty decent as well. If we're going on the same topic, even He's then, if he was in his twenties, he, he didn't fool us. He went on to have a decent career. Yeah, he did, didn't he? Yeah, but what, like, like, my point was, is that if he'd gone to the right club. I think uh, the yeah. point you make, yeah, about that is absolutely valid. In no way it's relevant to what we're saying, but it is yeah. completely valid. <laughs> if he'd gone to, to most other teams, he probably would have banged some goals in. Kieran I, Gibbs was one that fooled me because he was being spoken about as a new Ashley Cole for a, for a little, for a little tiny bit. And then, it, <laughs> and then it, he went to West Brom and I saw him there and was like, I actually can't believe you were in our back line for the last <laughs> three, four years as one of the better players. I loved that story as well where they just wouldn't sell him for, I think it was seven million to West Brom. Yeah, and then and sold then, him like two million less in the same window. Yeah. So bad. Jeez. That's like the reverse. That's like the reverse of Daniel Levying. Yeah, I, th- I think Frederico Makeda has to kind of come into it but it's almost yeah, like he's absolutely. so glaring that it's almost you don't want to mention it kind of when he scored those goals against Villa you thought oh here's the next one for United then exactly kind yeah. of winning the league for him and then yeah. just absolutely nothing I actually read up about him um, and it's actually a really sad story to see where his career went afterwards um, I think he basically went to like just, I think it was the Italian league you just could not get a team he was constantly getting injured and um, his mum's like poor and things like that, and it just did not end up Ooh. the way he wanted it to. We thought for a little bit that uh, Fabio and Raphael at United were going to be the boys, and then I kind of dwindled. I think we really got carried away with the twins thing, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Which one was the, the way, better? The way Alex has been today, we best get off this before we go oh, to was... dark. Yeah. <laughs> Getting carried away with twins, yeah. That was a classic thing, wasn't it? The Raphael played more games than everyone's like, oh, but Fabio's actually the really good one, which yeah. everyone says about everyone ever. Any sibling has ever done anything. <laughs> oh, the brother who didn't make it actually was ten times better. Like, oh, that's strange, that. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't Eden Hazard have, like, three younger brothers that are all meant to be really exciting prospects as well? well one of them plays for Dortmund, so yeah. yeah. Um, one of them's Dortmund. 40. <laughs> no, but the youngest... He's actually an older brother. <laughs> the, the, third, the third youngest still... The, the, the most youngest is, le- like, meant to be... Yeah, like, he literally, plays... he was, like, dribbling the ball better than Messi by the age of three. <laughs> no, well, his, his younger... <laughs> the one, about you. I think the one that you're trying to refer to plays for Chelsea <laughs> in our youth team. Um, but yeah, we own all three Hazard brothers at one stage, which I find mental. But I, I saw the that. quote earlier when uh, Joe Cole joined Liverpool and Gerard, not wanting to put the pressure on him, said, "Look, anything Messi can do with a football, Joe Cole can do and more." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's like, "I wouldn't be surprised if he gets our Player of the Year this year, as if that's not the pinnacle." 
<laughs> you see what Messi can do. I reckon he can get player of the year if he gets his head down here. <laughs> <laughs> and got sent off on his debut. And it all went down from there, yeah. So did Shamak. We probably should have seen where both were going. Where both were going. I, not a prospect, but I was, I was briefly fooled by Shamak. First couple of games, I thought, well, he's not brilliant, but he's an alright target man for Arsenal. And then it quickly became, okay, he's absolutely dreadful. Yeah, that happens with Arsenal strikers. I remember um, Van Persie was coming back from injury and there was... Uh, not hugely, but there was some debate. Was, well, look, are we going to shift out Shamak to get him back in? Like, yeah, probably should, lads. <laughs> probably should do that. Well, Sonogo scored like six seconds into his uh, Champions League debut and his full debut against uh, Dortmund. I think it was 16 seconds or something like that. And then, yeah, downhill from there. Although he, he wasn't really one that ever fooled you because just the eye test told you like, this guy isn't ever really going to go anywhere. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I don't think you uh, you ever had any illusions with that, did you? There was clips of him being laughed at in Ajax training. Oh, wow. no. <laughs> Where we'd loaned him out there and he was just missing and the other players were just laughing at him. <laughs> Does anyone else have any contenders to throw in the mix here? It's, it's been an odd podcast, this has. <laughs> yeah, I mean, are we doing ones that have actually surprised us and well we once yeah. that we saw him hit me with some hit me with some um I saw Tony Cruz before he got big at Bayern Munich that was pretty cool um I can't remember I think I actually signed him on FIFA randomly and it was like 2004 FIFA and he was like a young prospect so I started watching him on YouTube and things like that and that was quite satisfying to see that and then one of the ones that's not so satisfying is I've been following Kevin De Bruyne for like a couple of, <laughs> a couple of years at Genk and knew that we were trying to get him and he was just looked unbelievable. And then we signed him and he even said he was a Chelsea fan and it was his favourite team in England and he was so happy to sign. And then Mourinho just destroyed him and sold him because he didn't like a, like a, a performance he put in. He said he was homesick though, De Bruyne. He said that's why he wanted to leave. No, he said that, because he has an interview for him, especially if you watch All or Nothing, the um, City documentary on Amazon, he says that he was putting in the effort, he was starting games, he was making some really good assists, and they did like clips with him at Chelsea, and then he'd put in this really like odd performance away at Swindon in the League Cup, <laughs> and, then, and then Mourinho just took him out of the team, he said, no, that was it, I had to leave but after that. I got- I got a bit too excited after that dropped because the next podcast, I think it was just me and TK did one. And I think I told him I wouldn't tell him everything that happened while telling him the whole documentary. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I watched Sunderland Till I Die to start with. And I thought that was actually a really good documentary because it kind of brought across how much it means to the city. And then you contrast it by watching All or Nothing. It is just, the difference is astounding. Like, there is no way that they have kind of fitted in with fair financial fair play rules. They must have spent... It's like a small city. They've just... You look built. at the difference in, like, professionalism between the two. Like, yeah. It's incredible. Exactly. It is. You watch, you watch Sunderland, the chairman adamantly won't go above two million for Will Grigg, ends up spunky in, like, three and a half. In, like, this weird generic <laughs> office where he's just in there on the phone getting his zero so good. And City have this like entire complex. Somewhere on the side we were saying before, but David Bentley did have a lot of Arsenal fans tricked, as did Jermaine Pennant. Mm, yeah. 
Jermaine Pennant play the game for Arsenal while on tag. So good. Wow. I saw, I was listening to Talk Sport once and they had Martin Keown on and he was just tearing into Jermaine Pennant. He is a scumbag, isn't he? What, Keown or? No, Pennant. Pennant. Well, he did that press tour just telling the same story about having a monopoly system for birds. <laughs> yeah. Like, We've heard this story nine times now. Everybody starts to feign surprises. Like, this can't be too surprising to you. It's a group of football. You always did third with him while he was telling it as well. So yeah. <laughs> like, look, look down and like, oh, he's different now. You, say, oh, you think that's all right, do you? Like, well, he's paying the mortgage, isn't he? So what am I going to do? <laughs> Don't really have an opinion. <laughs> <laughs> There's a great little clip there, Byron. If you go back to Jack just said, I followed Kevin De Bruyne in Genk. <laughs> <laughs> Makes it sound like he's been following him around Genk. Yeah. <laughs> this, is this is what this is what football purists will do. Exactly, it's the length. It's the length enough that we'll go to make sure. We still need to find a world record for uh, Jack and Alex to attempt. If TK is going to sit with a shield on his head for nine hours, I've not confirmed that one with him yet. But are you, allowed to, about that. are you allowed to do other activities while sitting you just has to be balanced on your head right upside find down out, find out the record for a shed on your head I'll take on shed because <laughs> <laughs> a shed upside down balanced it does actually sound quite difficult it really does yeah wouldn't be able to move it would just have to stay there yeah these people have just sat in front of a webcam because the, when I went on the website initially it said the record was like 2 hours 36 minutes and I was like it's boring but TK could do that easy yeah yeah and then I googled it and then I saw like a YouTube stream where someone had done it for <laughs> 9 hours 12 minutes and I thought oh Jesus <laughs> this is one where you might finish take the shoe off your head and someone's been doing it alongside you <laughs> <laughs> and beating yeah. you and it's all been for nothing that was it you, you take it off and you, and you just see you see on the webcam his hand appear on TK Shoulders I'm sorry mate I've just done it for 30 seconds long <laughs> so with that or we're going to have to do the longest uh, running podcast ever we can do it it's got it in us the 18 hour one if you give AJ a random topic I'll talk about something else for it <laughs> 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 Jermaine Pennant yeah. for a little while did look like he was going to be a baller, as did David Bentley. You had a little run where you did have players coming through that you thought were just going to tell Seb Larson. I, I know it sounds ridiculous, but someone like Justin Hoyt, people were saying he was going to play for England. Yeah, and Gavin Hoyt. Less so Gavin, I think that was just having the name. <laughs> Armand and Jimmy Traore. Emmanuel oh, Frimpong. Emmanuel Frimpong yeah. has to get a mention. Yeah. Because he was everywhere. Everyone, like, got on that hype so quickly. He said, stay dent, you'll get frimpongs. Yeah. I know part of that, there wasn't a lot to it. I know know part of it was a character, but there was a brief spell where people were like, well, look, they need to hold him a fielder. He breaks up the play, and then they realise, okay, he's not very good, and then moved on to Cockerland. Cockerland did a good job, and then was disrespected. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Because it backfired. He was good alongside Cazorla because he would literally get the ball and pass it to Cazorla. And no then he had Bradley alongside him and it was, yeah, this isn't really working. <laughs> I did think That's Carlos like a 32 year old Flamini. Yeah, yeah. Carlos Vela would be the dogs. Any time I watched him, I just thought he looks class. That's and then... finished. He found a way to do every single time. 
And uh, yeah, I just it was a time when Wenger was particularly keen on playing the kids, and he never seemed to really give in much of a run out. I couldn't work it out for the life of me. Took them for granted those like six nil wins in the Champions League. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and then downhill when we, we the, he scored, I think, hat trick against Newcastle in the League Cup, which they're never even easy anymore. <laughs> Nothing's the same as it was. Well, it's really changed. Yeah, I I said, I think when we did a podcast a while back, that I I even miss VAR rolling out goals until it ruled out one on Saturday. And I was like, for God's sake, I'm so (laughs) sick of this again. It was a horrendous one as well, wasn't it? Yeah. And the commentators were sort of going on like it was like some sort of nostalgic thing of, oh, isn't that great to see you guys? No, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) We've got Leverkusen signing. Well, now I think I'm good. Yeah, what what did everyone think of the games on the weekend? It did feel... I didn't watch the Bayern one, but I watched the rest. Yeah, same. It just felt really odd. I kind of poured my beer out, ready, sat down, watched it, and then it kicked off, and I was like, this just feels so weird. You think that Dortmund-Schalke is such a hate-fueled game, Mm. and there was just no emotion to it whatsoever. Well, it was zapped pretty quickly by Steve McManaman on commentary. (laughs) <laughs> well yeah that, that's another thing as well I was thinking after all this time off you put Steve McManaman on, the, on this big game well they said the... didn't they they said uh, to raise the atmosphere here Steve McManaman <laughs> Jesus Christ <laughs> scraping the back <laughs> you heard everyone collectively sigh it wasn't a big gust of yeah. wind and they were going oh for God's sake and they said it was like he, Dortmund he, are coming he, into this one on great form yeah <laughs> are, that's what I was just about to say that he, keep men- he kept mentioning that Oh, Schalke in a bit of a bad run at the moment, and uh, it's like no one's on any run. <laughs> they haven't played the two. <laughs> well, yeah, my, what are you on about? He's essentially all in trouble, and then got a three 0 win away. Yeah. <laughs> and like there was, he was saying as well that oh, this just looks really sloppy from Dortmund. I just they just don't look at it, Fletch or something like that. And I was like, it's because they haven't played a game of football in eight weeks. Like, anyone <laughs> yeah, would be yeah. He's just coming this out. This is with, pre-season. Yeah. He was just coming out with some random words that just did not make sense. It was, what's his name that does the boxing? Well, he, he was been getting a lot of praise, Dempsey, which ain't great. Yeah, I saw him getting praised because he accepted his Tesco delivery midway through the game. <laughs> <laughs> and then claimed it was because that is it was slot he could get. <laughs> Amazing. People say that you can like pinpoint a little point where he goes quiet, where he's gone to open the door. <laughs> it's pretty horrendous. Did everyone stick to the teams that we assigned, or were you quietly rooting for other teams? Are you ever in your best? Yeah. <laughs> I kind of had a soft spot for Schalke because I wanted to see what they'd be like against Dortmund, but then they were absolutely railed. And then obviously Leipzig drew as well, so that was who I was originally... Uh, assigned to I was cheering Hertha but I think if I had to hand on heart follow a German team it would be uh, Bayer Leverkusen my boys now won the league with them on football manager and they've got Leon Bailey who I always saw on a football manager Ezekiel Palacios legend the amount of times I've fought to get him a work permit when he was at uh, River Plate, I think it was. <laughs> <laughs> For about four you, and um, a half million. 
you were Colin you Havitz. ever been? You were uh, you you ever been to Berlin, Luke? No, been to um, Cologne with Jack, but okay. not Berlin. Worth worth a st- worth a stadium visit. I've been there for uh, for her to Berlin. We got the, we got the Berlin derby on Friday, the big one. Yeah, Keenan again, another game you don't really want to see. So uh, I'm going to be the outsider there. Who did you get, Alex, for a German team when we did it? Uh, you say you can't remember. I'm going to be human here. I can remember vaguely. Just not now. Wasn't it Cologne? No. No, it was Mainz. Me- no, they're down a division. Mainz. Yes. I'm pretty sure it was them. Mainz or something like that. Mainz, that's yeah. it. TK had Gladbach, didn't they? Yes, I did. They got a nice kit. I like Gladbach. They're all right. I'll they be honest, I feel up. like... Go on. I had to wheel out fucking Paul Lambert again because there's a German <laughs> game. Had to yeah, they, they said it, oh, they call it the uh, Paul Lambert classic or something. Yeah. I was like, is that really like, is <laughs> you, that game? Glad Come on, Paul, let's hear about you winning the European Cup again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we haven't heard it before. I saw a picture of Owen Hargreaves with his hands together and it was like, well, the world has been in lockdown. This man has finally got his moment. What is <laughs> <laughs> yeah. his accent? It, it can't be a real accent that he's got. It's because he lived in Germany, isn't it? He's got like German grandparents it, and he lived in Germany. That's why there was that whole debate. I know he lived there. But surely Canada, so it's a horrible combo. Yeah. yeah. I'd say surely it would kind of gone back, but maybe this is just what it's always been. Right. It's, if where, it's wherever you grow up, isn't it? So it's where your speech develops. And if you're it being sounds sweet, like what a Pardew's like pretend ones though. <laughs> yeah. It does a little bit. The Steve McLaren Dutch. <laughs> that is the best one. Or the Joey Barton French one. So good. I think um, we're kind of only going one way here. So if we call this a day and then we'll have uh, <laughs> hopefully a bit more energy next week. And if you could stay with us for the old time next week, Alex. <laughs> so He's gone again. again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You are disgrace. <laughs> what are you doing as we speak now? I'm listening, but you cut out a bit there. No, no. You've not been listening for the last 20 minutes. <laughs> He said his heist thing, and he was done after that. <laughs> I kind of lost interest when it was clear that oh, Jack didn't break okay. rules. <laughs> well, he was, anyway. he was off studying Eddie Zecker. <laughs> Thanks Fact again for Luke. listening to another edition of the Spitballing Pod, if you've made it this far. <laughs> if you uh, want a bit more action, we won't have uh, Alex, if that will charm you. Friday. The next episode of Movie Madness, episode three, American Pie versus Role Models. Tune in for that with me, TK, Sean, and Keenan. And yeah, we'll be back next week with uh, some more Bundesliga action, hopefully some more good news. So until then, stay safe. We'll be back. Arrivederci.